You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at Remax Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at Remax Advantage Plus. Good morning, guys. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. What's going on today? I'm planning on doing a podcast here for exactly one hour because it's oh. the radio hour. Well, that I'm, uh, and I, on the other hand, am here as long as the people need me. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a giver, Courtney. Last week, it's the last uh, week, of, week of Parade of Homes. Yeah. It, it is more- the last week of Parade of Homes. Thank the Lord. Andy, typically, what do we see here on the the last week? I mean, is it people making decisions or yeah. is Usually the um, the last week is the buyers are out now, so it's um, all the lookers have been through, and now we're we're starting to visit with buyers. I I I'll, and this is maybe my personal experience because of the inventory that we have for sale, but um, I have never been busier in the fall parade of homes than I am this year in the history of my career. Oh, Ever. is this year just crazy busy? Nuts. Okay. Absolutely nuts. People are coming in for lots of different reasons, but we're seeing. Um, you know, people taking advantage of the rates, you know, like we've talked about all summer, people just saying, Hey, you know, the kids are back at school and it's miserable at home with all of us working from home. Um, if this continues, we have to fix that. Um, so we're, we're seeing a, a, a full plethora of reason, downsizers. Um, I'm seeing some people saying, you know what, Hey, we want to finally get into that luxury home. I'm tired of fixing stuff. I want something new that's, you know, doesn't have all the fix it costs. So anyway, so that, that's been great. And what, what I like about that too, guys, is that that usually brings, most buyers right now are move up buyers. There's not a lot of uh, first time buyers. There's a few, but not many first time buyers in the new construction arena. So we're getting move up luxury and then downsizing. Um, but we're, we're seeing their inventory come with them. So, you know, they wanna build the house. They don't wanna be homeless for seven months. So <clears throat> we're bringing a lot of those houses on the market, which will, leave uh, a lot of the pressure on those under 350 price points um so that's great great news i think what's happened too is that everyone's already bought their rv they bought their cars they went on their vacations now it's like hey what's the next thing that can make me feel better and and it is it's and it's houses and i think another reason and i think that you're seeing it in your price points is that they're not finding what they can get on the existing market and so they're going to the new construction uh, part of it. Um, I mean, the upper bracket is, it's, it's a lot better, but it's not like what Andy's saying. So the upper, the, the multi-million dollar bracket isn't seeing all the new traffic, the crazy yeah, traffic. I mean, you're getting it, but it's not, um, it's just, it's a slower decision process. Uh, I see people that are doing it are, you know, one to two years for sure before they're even like, hey, we're gonna build a house in three years. You know, hey, when these kids are gone, or it usually it's following some life events. Um, it's usually not, they go out on a Sunday and uh, determine, oh my gosh, that's so cool, let's build. Very true. So how busy are your calendars this week, guys? Is, is anyone else feeling the pinch? It's feeling a little nuts this week. Want, to share, want me to do my share screen? I have to open it up if you really want to share your screen. Yeah, we got, I mean, it's, to me, it's, um, I mean, it's busy, but it's, uh, it can, can handle it. I mean, I think uh, you start getting your, your, uh, 
I'm not saying you're not, but I mean, our processes is when we have listings and stuff, there's no like, hey, I sold my house, I gotta get mine on today kind of thing. And uh, it, it's a lot more regimented that, so we've known about these and so we can get them on uh, in the right, in, in the right sequence. Sometimes you're just flying. The one thing is, and I don't know if Andy's been seeing this too, but is uh, photographs. Um, hard to get photographers right now. So something's happening. Um, people are, if it's not to get the, the pictures that Andy has in back of him right now, um, that could be. So, so they're thinking about uh, listed in the spring, but um, I'll tell you, there's something, something's going on because I mean, we, we use, um, we use different photographers and stuff like that, but we had to go kind of down the line to get um, a couple of them uh, to be able to do it uh, a little quicker. Because you gotta, you gotta, I mean, photos are so important. And maybe it, maybe it's because of weather, Andy, I don't know. I mean, that they've been getting uh, rescheduled or something, but they're, they're very full right now. Yeah, it, it for sure. I, I think that the, uh... The, so a lot of people will call us and say, okay, we're ready right now. We've been working all summer. Let's get the house on the market. It's, it's Thursday morning. Let's get it on tomorrow and let's go. Not, you know, really, and it's not, it's not their fault. They just don't understand that there's, you know, 40 to 60 hours of video editing and, and photography and brochure printing and sign ordering and all those um, methodical steps that are in the process that create demand. Um, it's not as easy as putting a for sale sign just in the yard, because if it was, then why would anybody hire a real estate agent? I mean, it's like, I think that there's, you know, when it comes down to this market, and I, I've seen it here locally in Champlain too, where there, there was, there's a, a townhouse development. I'll just keep it kind of vague because I don't want to embarrass this individual, um, but they, I will. Um, the, uh, <laughs> they have all the houses selling in the, the, the 270 range, 275, and then all of a sudden out of the blue, there's this this guy that thinks he's smarter than the market and he's at 285 and he's not going to pay an agent. He won't cooperate with any real estate agents. He's been sitting on the market almost a month and his house, I had a couple of my buyers sneak through there and I says, guys, listen, let's, let's, if this is the right house for you, go through. So they went through and, and I couldn't be with them. The guy wouldn't let us even come with, wouldn't cooperate at all. And no, I know it's crazy. And they went through the house. They go, this guy's nuts. His house is a pigsty. And they go, his staging is horrible. The house looks like it's going to sell for about 250. And he's at two, like 285 or something like that. So anyway, I just, I, I'm telling you. So your offers for that guy are going to come in in the 250s. And he's like, well, but I don't have to pay any fees. Come on, dude. You'll make 15 to $20,000 more with having the agents helping you and paying the full fees and staging it and cleaning it and, you know, marketing it. So what, what I'm saying is like Chris was talking about photos and taking a process. There is a process to this. You have to romance people before you marry them. And I'm telling you, there's, they want, you, you use your photos, you use your videos to entice people, to get them excited, to let them go through the full emotional plethora of, you know, buying. And then when they get there, they're confirming what they saw. And they're like, yes, this is it guys. Let's, let's take action right now. And then they see several people in the driveway waiting to do a showing after them. And the competitive nature kicks in. And then all of a sudden we're getting multiple offers where you know the market is competing over your listing versus competing just for houses for sale, and so everybody's fighting to get your house because it's the prettiest, best deal, and um, that's what I'm seeing for a lot of the, uh, you know, at least in my markets right now. Yeah, I think you know, adding on to that too, Andy, uh, with that person, 
when the when the seller's saying, "Hey, I'm not paying any fees," and the buyer's saying, "Well, that's why this is the offer I'm giving you too," you know, because with for sale by owners, typically, I mean, obviously, sellers are trying to save the cost of a realtor. Not a dumb thing, you know. It's not it's not inexpensive in which to sell your house. Yeah. But when the buyers are coming over to your house, they're saying, hey, they're not paying a realtor. Why don't we get it for less? You know, they're not, that, that's what they do. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's just human nature and how, how they do it. So that's yeah. something yeah. in all the stats that show, you know, that for sale by owners are getting less. And I think to Andy's point is that they're not preparing it correctly and, and how they present it to the market. And there's a there's a huge thing with that. People are saying, oh, I just have to put it on the market. Oh, no, that's not what you want. That's not what you do. You have to do it right. We have to do all of our marketing right. We have to present it properly. And then, you know, we got to, I mean, our job is, and, and Andy, I, I thought it was funny. He said, my gosh, it's been sitting on for a month. And that is crazy. But it, I had have, I have one agent uh, or a one client tell me, they said, hey, Chris, you know, why do we have to pay you all that money if you sell it right away? And I said, well, I said, would you rather have it sit on the market for a month, make your bed every single every single day, make sure the sinks are cleaned out from your toothpaste, from your kids, and all your laundry is done and folded and put away? You know, what you want us to do is to create that excitement, get the most money we can, because at the beginning is where we get the most money. And uh, I said, if it takes me a month, you should I should charge you less because you're going to make a heck of a lot less. Well, you know, you know what I've done, Chris, and this is my you know, kind of showboaty version of what you're saying there. I've told people, I said, hey, you know, we, we made a plan. We sold your house. We executed. We hit a home run. Don't penalize me for hitting a home run for you. And I'll say, listen, if you want a discount, here's what I'll do. You refer me. Now that you're excited about selling your house in two days, every time you refer me to a client that lists their house between now and when you close, I'll take $500 off my commission. I'm like, do it. Let's go. Let's brag it up. Let's go together. Let's work together. You want to save money. I want more business. Let's work together. And, you know, and I think that that's kind of the way it's going to go in the future, because I agree. I think that people think of hourly wages. I think when people say that kind of a statement, they're used to saying, hey, I make so many dollars an hour. When I work so many hours, I get so much of a paycheck and versus the what is your net, right? Like more of a stockbroker says, hey, I just made you a million dollars and my cut's only 10,000, you know, and it's, it's kind of the same mentality but you only worked for 15 minutes to make me that million dollars. Exactly. Right. I mean, I, I got you where you wanted to go when you wanted to go and I got you more money for it. So that's why you pay a professionals to get you. Ultimately your bottom line is better with them than without them. Yeah, and I, and I think too, that, you know, people pay for what they feel there's value in, you know, and there's some people that don't see value in uh, list hiring a, a realtor, you know, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's some other ones that do. So I don't know. Everyone says, oh, it's going to go completely to the internet. And it's not. It's just like buying a car. I had a buddy of mine buy a car from Costco. And it's like, there's you you got to know what the heck you're doing. I mean, if I buy a car from Costco, we're in big trouble. You know, I'll probably get that same car Andy's got uh, in his, on, sitting on his desk there. That's what I'll do. New what Corvette? Yeah, that oh, one. You yeah. can't hardly see it. Look at this, guys. It's a new body style. Yeah, you're, you're really Beautiful. good. That's the only Corvette I can afford right now. I, I don't even have time to go shopping. I'm so busy. I would love we have a couple comments, guys. Lisa said, mic drop Andy. Uh, <laughs> and Carlos wants to know, is right now a good time to get your real estate license? Lots of people are making clear changes at this time. Yeah, go for it. I, I think, uh, 
you know, I, I don't think I would look at it like, hey, I'm just going to jump in because it's a real good market. Look at the long term of it and that if it, it's something that you want to do. Uh, a lot of people in our industry, um, well, in fact, half of them that come in go out within that first year. So and then half of the all the licensed agents don't sell a house um, at all. So it's not, it's not, um, you know, with how uh, commission splits have changed and stuff like that, it's, it's not an inexpensive thing to do either. I mean, if you don't sell, it costs you money uh, to do it. So it's, I mean, I, you know, and I would say, Chris, too, to add, to add to that, I think that there's really some interesting perspectives with, you know, what is your niche going to be other than just, hey, I've got my, you know, my, I'm open for business. All right, everybody come use me as, as your agent. What is your niche? Is it going to be, you know, executive luxury? Is it going to be a certain neighborhood? Is it a certain, you know, housing type? Like maybe it's condos, maybe it's, you know, new construction um, and having a little bit of a specialty so that you have a uh, area to focus and then people will come to you because you're an expert. I think the, the key thing is, is that, you know, the, and we've said this before, Chris, both and I agree on this. Um, having the heart of an educator is, is almost critical in this, this time and there's so much information out there that you can get for free that people really want to find a trusted source of what they can't get on Google. You know, like what is this? And, and if it's a Google question and they can answer it online, they might be just testing you. But if, if they're like, you know, hey, listen, um, what is the feel of the kids' football team around this area? What is the boys' lacrosse, girls' lacrosse? What is the, and really knowing your marketplace, for an example, can help someone um, make a decision. And then on top of that, what I always say is if you partner with, you know, I've got a different strategy with the team structure where I partner with my agents on my team. So I'm not the Andy Prasky team. I never will be. I think that's disgusting. Um, no offense to anybody that, that has the Andy Prasky team, but the um, <laughs> I, I, I like having people have their own identity because I truly believe that's what people are drawn to is them as an individual and they should shine. And then, you know, take advantage of my experience. For an example, if an offer comes in, it's over your head with questions or paperwork, or there's something new that you're not familiar with. And you go back to your team or your partner and, and partner up with somebody that knows what they're doing. And, and the other thing I'd say to Carlos uh, in kind of closing on that is um, I would try to focus my career if I were to restart it as exclusively almost as a listing agent. And even though it's easier to do buyers right away and you will do more buyer business in the beginning, but I always try to focus your uh, yourself on uh being a listing agent like Charlotte. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we, we can ask Charlotte too, because um, my thing is called Chris Rooney Home Experts, just so you know. <laughs> no, but that, you're, not the, you're not the Chris Rooney team, you know? Um, like I work for Charlotte. Oh. Hi, Charlotte. I don't think, oh, there she goes. He's about the cutest kid in the world, by the way. Theater. Looks like mom's having trouble keeping her away though. She won't stay upstairs. So we'll, we'll just, if she wants to jump on, she can. It's just when she gets into her, we have a playroom on the other side of my office and <laughs> she has a little toy kitchen and it gets a little noisy. Yeah. yeah. A little background noise. Gotcha. Um, but I think that if you're looking to, to get your real estate license, it's a good time for it, but you should definitely start shopping what team you're going to land on. Because I think that makes a difference when you are a new agent, just from watching my husband's experience. Charlotte, you can't be live on the show. Go get it's okay. It's, it's okay. Um, and 
And uh, finding the right fit is really important for your personality and what you're looking to do with your real estate career. So going out and meeting some, some teams and some brokerages and seeing what the right fit is for your personality and what you're looking to do with your license is really important and understanding what those fee structures are right. before you decide to move to a particular model. <laughs> and sometimes you got to experience it too. Uh, before yeah. you know what you what you what you're up against and what you know, and I mean it's a it's a diverse thing out there, um, but it is. I mean, especially for beginning agents, it's either you know, hey, you're on your own, or you got to have the help of a group or a team, and uh, you know, and how how is it? And and maybe setting that structure from the beginning and saying, hey, you know, Andy, yeah, I want to be part of your team, but my my ultimate goal is is to be Andy. You know, and I want to do the Andy Prasky team instead. And, uh, you know, and so everyone's on the same page and getting there. So, well, that, you know, and I think that the, um, you know, when you look at, I, I, I'm so damn independent that, you know, when I was starting my career, I wasn't going to let anybody, you know, take my name or my thunder. I wanted to be independent. And so I respect that too. I really do. But just understand your learning curve gets really big. And it can, it can take you years instead of days to jump into the fire, as they say, and learn what you're doing and do it correctly. I mean, I remember one of the first, one of my first customers I had, um, I was working with a whole bunch of people at this Toyota dealership and kept getting referral after referral. I was like, this is the best. And then there was one day where I showed up with this gentleman. Uh, I was working with him, his first time home buyer. And we were pulling up in the alley over in Robbinsdale and uh, right behind North Memorial over there and right on the edge of Crystal. And anyway, um, there's the kids are outside and they're, they're literally hitting the refrigerator with a hammer and jumping on it. And they're like, our mom told us to bust this up so we could throw it in the garbage. And I'm like, well, geez, that looks just like the refrigerator that was in the house. And we go into the house, we do this whole showing and we're walking through and this, this poor young guy, he goes, um, they took that refrigerator out of here and they're smashing it in the back. And I learned a valuable lesson that you need to specifically state the appliances as seen on MLS and in person on this date. And so everything's included. They thought we didn't want the refrigerator because I forgot to write it in and the old contracts didn't have that in there. And I didn't write the word refrigerator on I just assumed because it said it on the MLS, but it didn't have it on the whatever. And these guys thought, well, why would they want this old disgusting refrigerator? So they broke it. And this kid was getting in with like the skin of his teeth. I mean, it was like, he was barely getting in this house. So I got to buy a refrigerator which was nice. Yeah. That was one of my first experiences in real estate, giving away a free refrigerator. And sometimes with that, I mean, learning through mistakes is, I mean, it's not a bad thing. I think we've made uh, a lot of them, a lot, a lot, a lot of them, but it helps us in future transactions. And sometimes when you roll down that line that it's wrong, you find out some good things along the way. So if you never would have gotten that to that part, you wouldn't have figured that out. So, well, or if I was on, you know, somebody else's team or I had a mentor, I'd say, hey, can you review this purchase agreement quick before I send it over? And they'd take five seconds and read through and go, oh, dude, you missed this, you know? It's nice to have someone to collaborate with that has a little more experience than you. So um, that's actually not our topic today, though, guys. Believe it or not, that's not our topic today. Um, I know we could make a whole show about, about becoming a real estate agent, which maybe we should add that to our October calendar. But um Today we're talking about market predictions in the state of real estate through the end of the year, which is something that we've talked a little bit about every single uh, month. 
but we haven't talked about it recently. So with the state of everything going on between COVID and uh, schools and uh, the election, what high level do you guys think is going on with the market and what do you think is going to happen between now and the end of the year? We'd have to put my clown nose on for the election talk. <laughs> the flip, flip a coin. I don't think you yeah. know. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious though to see what happens here in the next two weeks because of uh, this whole photographer thing that I've been talking about. Um, to just see what really comes on the market. And, and then again, is that because they're trying to take advantage of it because of the low inventory? And this heck, let's do it now. Maybe these are the people that were in the spring preview and, uh, and, and built, bought a house and built it and now they're gonna be closing pretty soon. Or, hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm afraid that this election, if it doesn't go the way that I want it to go, you know, what's gonna happen to the economy? So, um, and then there's that other little uh, COVID thing, you know, that's still out there and how long is that gonna last? And is that affecting people's jobs? And I think, you know, a, a lot of people believe that, that their job was gonna get affected. Now they found out, hey, I think I'm okay. And so maybe they're making the move down. Yeah. I think it's a lot of the, you know, of what exactly what you just said. Um, people just making life decisions. They're tired of being on pause. And I think there were some pent up, um, you know, dreams that were just sitting back and not being realized. And people are like, you know what? Life is short. Let's go for it. And, and let's, um, I mean, as long as things are really affordable, I mean, you know, if, if your house payment's the same on your old house, but you can buy a new house, lower your interest rate, and now you can get that extra office or the kids, you know, gym, uh, you know, sport court or whatever in the house and, and keep the payment relatively the same. I mean, what a great time to pounce. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Our, our neighbors just did that. They um, have kind of had their eye on a different neighborhood in Woodbury and they um, saw a house go on the market. They put in an offer. They had their house on the market three days later, three days later, their house is now pending and they're moving in like 30 days. <laughs> it just you know, happened you know, overnight. We, we both missed that referral opportunity, but that's okay. I know. Well, yes, I, I knew that when I saw the other brokerage sign go up in their yard, not going to call them out on the show. Uh, but you know what? And that happens. I mean, it, I'm totally it, kidding. It's just like anything else. It's like, you know, you open up a restaurant and you want everybody to come to your restaurant. And it's like, people are like, well, maybe I don't like that kind of food. You know, it's, it's funny how people respond to you being in business for yourself. And, and the reasons I'm, that's, again, going back to Carlos's question, you better have an, an, you know, a really compelling reason why people want to do business with you other than, Hey, I'm one of 21,000 others that you can pick from, you know, you need to stick out in today's market. What is your specialty? And, and as long as you focus on that, people don't forget to call you. Right. Still is a little gut punch when they don't. Yeah, well, I cry every night. It's okay. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it is. You know, I had the. It's, it's interesting you say that because I had an agent that worked for with me that had sold his friend a house, and then when it came time to uh, resell it, he got married and kind of resell it, and they didn't choose him. And uh, you know, and it was a killer. I mean, it was a, like, a, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I said the opposite. What you got to do is you got to go to them and say, hey. You, you have your own reasons for doing what you did. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just want to, I want you to let me know why I wasn't chosen because I'm going to prove to you by the next time you sell and buy a house 
you know, that I'm going to be able to do what you needed me to do. And they, and they, and they did, they were honest with him. And, uh, but they liked that so much. I mean, he got referred like two or three people right after that from those people. So I think sometimes, I mean, they, you're like that neighbor doesn't probably feel good about it. And they're probably wondering, oh my gosh, I feel terrible. But if you, if you, uh, go to that and just and, and approach it and just say, Hey, it's no problem. You know, let's, Let's figure it out next time. Why? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, and I'm sure, Courtney, it was because of your your husband is on a team with Andy Prasky because no one wants <laughs> Well, I think it's because they're friends with their other real, with the real oh, okay. So I think it's, I don't think it has anything to do with our relationship with Andrew. You, his Sorry about listening to that house. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. No insults here, Chris. I got thick skin. No, um, the, no but you know, it is, it, it does come down to exactly what you're saying. And what did somebody offer? A lot of times, like for example, new construction too. Somebody will come in and they like working with the agent that's in the model because they're connected with the builder and they want to work with them directly. And then a lot of times there's some kind of an incentive to list that house, the backup sale at, you know, an incentively low price or, you know, better marketing, whatever they offer that person. I've seen that happen quite frequently. And then there's a bundle or there's a, there's a reason. There's a, again, you're giving them a reason to want to do business with you. And that again is, is is probably the key, you know, bundling things together, helping people get their you know dreams accomplished, and and uh, get them into a house that they really want to own. So, uh, bringing us back to today's topic, if it were a normal year, like normal kind of, saying that in quotes, what? <laughs> oh my gosh! Don't worry about me. You're listening to the replay. Oh, you're in in Andy. It's my treehouse. Don't worry about it. Jeez. Um, if it were a normal year, what would we be seeing right now? Actually, the, right now is not a is not a bad time. I mean, after people get settled into school, uh, usually the fall became a good time, and then st- once you start getting towards Thanksgiving, it slows down in through Christmas and through the start of the year. But we haven't seen that slowdown for a, a few years now. Um, that's what it typically was though. Yeah. I, I think it's actually, it's all the things considered. I'm still looking back at the, the numbers we've had this year and I'm shocked. I mean, I, no offense, but COVID didn't affect anything in housing. I mean, it, it, I mean, maybe a little bit here and there, but ultimately people that need to move are moving. Uh, people that are having, you know, good economic times that want to celebrate and buy a new house are still celebrating. Um, you know, and it's in all things set aside. I think that that's kind of the sad part about life. Life moves on with or without you. And, you know, so even when there's crazy things going on in the world, the world keeps spinning. And, and I think that that's a great example of housing right now, something that's so personal and, and such an important part of people's lives that I, I, I'm super honored to be in this industry because it, it is, it's their safe place. It's their, you know, uh, keep my family safe, keep them healthy, a place for work, a place for play, a place for school. Um, oh my gosh, how many more things can you, you know, put into one bucket, you know, and so housing is very important. So in reality, COVID has made a big change, I think. Um, It's created exactly what you're talking about, because I'll tell you what, my home used to not be for cooking, because I'd go out to dinner every single time. You know, my my home used to not be uh, for double offices or to play and to watch movies. I'd go to the movie theater, and I think you hit it, in a way, COVID has, has changed us and made our home more important. And I also think it's it's also um, stopped people from uh, putting their house on the market, which I think has really helped, and especially especially in the new construction market. 
because that I think is the one that's gained. Um, and I don't know what those those stats are. I kind of just look at the market as a whole. But I think that because of everyone not getting anything, that that whole building thing, they can do exactly like what Courtney's doing right now. She's got you know a kid with a playroom right next to her office, and she's like, you know what? A lot of people like that. A lot of people like, hey, I got to be next to that because I got to be close to the kids. But if she wants the noise off, you know, that maybe that office now is going to be in the lower corner of the basement, you know, and the kids are going to be on the other side. And so I think people, um, and that's why I think new construction is so cool. You can you can design that any way you want to do it. My sister yeah. just my sister just got a house that the office is kind of right off the. It's really cool. It's kind of off the kitchen. Um, dining room and kind of into the great room. So you're kind of in the mix of everything, you know, and, you know, you like that or, hey, there's a, there's a bedroom way in the downstairs basement, way in the back corner that I can hide in. So. Do you guys think that the spring market has shifted to a year round market for good? No, I don't think so forever, but I think that there's that even back in the foreclosure days, you know, when there was the housing crisis, People were buying based on opportunity, not because of need. And they would just see that house for a hundred thousand and they'd buy it just because they could. And it was an opportunity buy. So I was, like I said, I was busy through the whole foreclosure crisis, selling to people that had cash or could get the financing. Nowadays, I think people are moving because of all these reasons we've just talked. I mean, it's, it's people need, their houses have changed or their needs have changed, or they realize how important those rooms are to them. And they're like, you know what, let's do it. I mean, it's, it's time or, that extra baby's on the way now and they never thought they'd have that baby. So, you know, yay, let's move. We need another bedroom, right? I think in a way to, um, you know, it, it used to be, you know, kind of that spring, summer kind of thing. I mean, especially with our seasons right now. Um, but I think people are a lot busier now than they used to be. And so, and usually you take advantage of it in the summer. And so then you got time maybe throughout that winter um, to be able to kind of get it done. And, and I think that's why it's so important that like in the fall, just snap some pictures, even if you do it with your own camera, so you have that stuff. And the other thing is, is if you have some uh, nature type stuff and you see uh, a fox or some deer or whatever, try to snap those pictures and, and, and save them because those are, those are big things um, when it comes to try to, you know, those are the little justifiers for people. You know, oh my gosh, you know, Lisa, look, though, they have deer go through the backyard, you know. Trail, cams, it, trail cams are a great okay. thing for that. My parents set one up in their backyard and it's, uh, it's a great way to capture nature if you like to watch nature and see what's going on in your yard when you're not home. But you right. can also use those snapshots for your future, for your future listing right. as Andy laughs. Makes that face like you're crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you are. Um, the the key here is no. I own it though. It's fine. I own it. I yeah. But isn't that funny how we've all just become so relaxed with even like you know a couple of years ago if you were doing a conference like this and your little kid would walk through the background you'd go oh my gosh I'm so embarrassed. Nowadays nobody cares. It's like the world is so much different. I mean just in six months right. I don't know. I, I still look at that and I think of, you know, when it comes down to housing, it's such an individual thing. And right now, I think there's a lot of people that are actually, you know, taking advantage of having a little more free time, less commute time, less whatever to decide, hey, let's do something awesome. You know, let's find that place as long as we can afford it, um, you know, and, and, and let's, let's move. So 
Uh, before we move on to the next thing, um, Bill Schleffer, I'm sorry, Bill, if I just butchered your last name, um, is commenting on the live show right now, uh, saying, fun fact of the morning, once upon a time, the Shakopee baseball team was known around the state as the Chris Rooney team. Commenting on Andy's note about the Andy Prasky team. And this was obviously because of all the real estate he covered in the outfield. <laughs> there you Whoa! go. <laughs> it's Bill Schlepper. We're gonna do, we're gonna put his name correctly. And what a what a good person that is. Did you hear that, Andy? <laughs> yeah. I Not did. up to Bill. We used to uh I used to actually, uh, I played for the Shakopee Town team when I was in high school before our prior lake got our team and uh, the whole Schlepper family. I mean, uh, it was uh, it, it was just a great time. Awesome time. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you one, the one I don't know if I, I, I said it before, I think on this show, but uh, one of the brothers, uh, Gary, <laughs> was, we'd always go out after the games, you know, and, uh, he, uh, he was, he was, uh, looking for uh, a gal and he went up to her and he said, Hey, do you have a quarter? Now this is back a ways a while ago when you used to have to pay for the phone. And he goes, do you have a quarter? And she goes, well, why, why do you ask? And he goes, cause my mama always told me to call her when I found the girl of my dreams. And I'm like, oh. that was pretty good. <laughs> it worked. That's fantastic. Are they still married? What's that? Are they still married? I never married her. No. Smart <laughs> woman. Um. Anyway. There's a pickup line. There's a pickup line, Courtney. No, I get that. Okay. Okay. Uh. No, I get it. I get it. Uh. Anyway, back to real estate. <gasps> Thank you. I brought the question. <laughs> I, I do think. Uh, you know, everyone thinks. You know, these these different times. You know, they, they might twist our market a little. I think they're going to twist the the uh, title world um, with closings and how their closings are done, you know, but usually it kind of writes itself. It gets back on. I mean, who thought we're ever going to be able to get, uh, you know, any equity in our home after 2008? You know, they just kept going down. It was just so stagnant, so many houses on the market. And then, you know, people kind of forget. I mean, it's it's. Yeah. Are you, are you, uh, Chris, I I'm forcing myself back into showings or the closings. I mean, so like, I'm like, I used to be the agent outside looking through the window, like, you know, cause they wouldn't let me in there. And, uh, now I'm like, I don't, I can't stand not being with my customers. I, I literally love to be involved. I love that, especially at the closing. Cause there's so much stuff getting rifled at those people. I mean, and they're sitting there with their pens just kind of shaking. Cause they don't know, should I just keep signing? You know, and it's like, it's interesting to me. So, so I like to, to be there. And I think that, you know, the one thing that I have um, really not appreciated about this pandemic is the not being able to be with the customers on some of those critical moments to the point of where, you know, I've had some of my customers put me on their phone live on their, you know, on their, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? FaceTime or whatever it is. And so they'll put me on FaceTime and I'll literally sit in my office and sit there and listen and we'll I can then see their reactions to things because a lot of communication is nonverbal and you'll see somebody go, you know, what, what the, and, and so you can't hear that, but you can see that. So, you know, anyway, I, so technology is changing. Um, you know, the part of the, the process that I think would be really cool to eliminate a lot of the fraud too, is this new um, blockchain style um, crypting 
where they can put together agreements that cannot be manipulated, touched, so they don't have to have all the duplication of the mortgage process where there's three copies of the mortgage. There's this copy for this lender, this copy for that. It's all one block and it's locked together and it can't be you know, manipulated. So it's all original. And it's a pretty cool concept. And I think there's a lot of people nervous or scared around that concept because they think that'll eliminate jobs in the process. But I think what it'll do is, if anything else, until the world gets used to it, it'll, it'll create jobs because you can be a specialist in that arena. And, and then you can have a more secure closing. You don't have to have people signing papers saying, watch out for wire fraud. I mean, you know, all that stuff that goes with the, anyway, I'm excited to see those changes being made very soon. Whether we can click our closings, you can, why can't they click away a closing? You know, verify authentication, you know, and have people sitting on a computer, click, click, click. Why kill seven trees, you know, printing a stack of papers this thick when it can all be done in a, in a you know, blockchain style. I think it, I think in a way though, too, I mean, if a computer goes down, you have nothing. I don't know. I'm always kind of like those, that extra copy. Oh, we have a little sneaker there. <laughs> oh, pop in and out of the screen. I'm sure she's going to climb on top of my exercise ball and sit, stand up behind me as my guess. <laughs> awesome. Like your dad. <laughs> Usually we have to tell Rick to get out of the picture. He's behind waving. He does love to be on camera, Andy. You know, that's his favorite thing. Oh my goodness, he hates it. <laughs> um, do you guys think that people can sell with the market how it is right now? Do you think you can sell at any time uh, of the year for top value on your home? Or do you need to really still maximize the timing that you hit the market? And what does that look like? I mean, I think if you, uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's top value each time, but I do think that you have... Um, there's opportunities that arise in the marketplace that you can take advantage of. And I think it makes a big deal, especially after like there's been a run on houses and there's a pent up buyers who more than likely lost out on uh, those deals. And so you can price your house, but you got to price it kind of right where it was. Not think, oh my gosh, nothing sold. Let's put it here. You got to price it right. So then they'll fight for it again. And the thing is, is a lot of times what happens is people lose two or three times and that fourth time they're coming after your house. And when they come after your house, they're not gonna lose it this time. And so that's how you, you know, you create the excitement to be able to get the deal done. Courtney, if you could just talk and let everybody see what's happening. Is this distracting to you? <laughs> I'm worried she's gonna pop this ball and I'm gonna go flat and hit the floor. <laughs> oh my, I would pay for that. Oh, that's happened to me before. You have to buy, if special note, if you would like to sit on an exercise ball at your desk, buy one that is like anti-poppable because they can pop. I've done that. It does not feel good when you Chris, hit the floor. Uh, I was just curious, Chris, what kind of exercise ball do you sit on? Yeah, there's a gym um, ball in the storage room. Yeah. I don't have one, Andy. Me either. Yeah. Uh, Alec wants to know who is your go-to title company in the Twin Cities and why? Love this. I think we all probably have a different one. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a, that's the cool thing. There is a lot of good uh, title companies and closers. Um, a lot of people end up going with a, a closer versus uh, what company they're with, but mm -hmm. they're all pretty. Um, I mean, once you say, Andy, they're all, all really competitive and just kind of offer uh, different things. No, I have, I have favorites. 
I am very specific. I, uh, I, I, my two favorite, I have Danielle over at Trademark Title. Absolutely fantastic. She'll do anything for us and our customers. She gives us fair pricing. And then I love Nicole over at Title Smart. Nicole is probably one of the most talented um, closers I've ever met. She, she makes anything happen at a drop of a hat and she's fantastic. Um, and, and those are my two personal favorites. Um, and I've had many over the years. Becky Lazerta back at Twin City Title uh, was one of my favorites when I got started. She was such a, a fantastic mentor to me. I mean, when I was getting started, she'd help me with stuff. She was resourceful. She was, you know, wonderful and uh, retired, you know, so that, that, you know, which was otherwise I'd still be using her. Um, but yeah, it's once you hook into a good title company and they take good care of you and your clients, that's what you want. It, it's there's the funny part about real estate is as a real estate agent, we rely on having partners. And people always ask us, well, why do you refer a mortgage person or a title person? Because they're awesome. And they, and they create, you know, um, they take headaches and they're like our aspirin. They take the headaches away. You know, when there's an issue, they can take care of it. And they're, so they're there based on merit, not any other reason. And so um, anyway, that's an uh, interesting part of our industry. A lot of people don't realize. An important part. Chris, do you have a favorite or, or no? I, I, I use quite a few um, different ones. So, um, you know, Andy talked about uh, those two companies. They're fantastic. Uh, you know, First American Title, Cambria Title. Yep. Um, there's just a lot of, there, there's a well, lot yeah, of. You know, and I, I don't, uh, those are just my personal favorites. I, you're right. There's, there's some wonderful companies across the Twin Cities that are absolutely fantastic. And then there's some new ones that are coming that I've heard of that are, you know, where they're a combination of, um, you know, the mobile experience where they're coming right to the house. So when you're doing your final walkthrough, they're closing at the house for you and bringing everything back. And there's some really cool um, customer driven. That's a key guys, customer driven. It's all about the customer. What can we do better to enhance the customer experience? That's how your business will grow in today's market for sure. Right, Charlotte? <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I just, that kid just makes me smile. Rick just got home and he's, he's trying to quietly get her out of here. Rick, just walk into the screen and, and uh, jump on the ball with her. No, well, it'll pop. He's trying to get the ball to pop. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. The rescue team. He's like a little spider monkey. She's like, Whoa! I know, and she doesn't let go, and then she pulls my hair, and it's just mute before I scream. <laughs> she's, uh, she's a good little boat driver, Chris, by the way, too. She can drive a boat. Jeez. Yeah. She's, uh, she is, I mean, the last, she's the last one, and I swear, she learns from her brothers very quickly. She's, she's definitely further ahead in development than my boys ever were, and I feel like, you know, every parent says their, their kids are advanced, but I feel like my boys were pretty, like, solid on different skill sets, but she's freaking gives them a run for their money. She runs the show around here, as you can see. I'm just laughing at the, the uh, technical terms you're using. I was... <laughs> Trying to be politically uh, correct. This is Try this not to swear. Oh, you can't. I don't know if you can see at home that. Oh, hang on. There we go. That's us driving. Oh, I gotta put you back on. Hang on. There you go. I've already showed that before, Lisa said. You have, <laughs> yes. 
I need to get that picture framed. I have a ton of pictures to print out. I'm in it. You should get a picture of your husband in it with your kid. Oh, I just had, did family photos. I have to get those printed too. Well, I see his uncle Andy. He's, you know, the guy to give you kid that too. Andy. <laughs> Oh my God. She, every time we get in the car, she says, oh, cause she got that little cat at the ice cream store when we went to the ice cream shop yeah. with you guys. And she, every time that she get, takes it with her somewhere, she gets in the car and she says, next time I'm bringing this on Andy's golf cart. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Oh, anyway, enough about my children. Uh, we are here for last week's questions. Um, here we go. <laughs> Still not super adept at these uh, extra sound effects. Uh, I, have a veteran. Are good, <laughs> I am a veteran. Should I use my VA loan or just do conventional in this tight market? That's a great question. Yeah, I, uh, I'll throw one in there, Andy, that I, I haven't had um, any issues with VA mortgages at all. And uh, I feel very comfortable about them. I mean, I think sometimes people with FHA versus conventional, depending on how much money you put down. Um, but if I was a VA person, I don't know. I think there might even be an advantage to it, um, stating that you're from the military and uh, and they're, and the loans are fantastic and they whip them right through now. So they used to be a problem a while back, but they're way better now. Yeah, no, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. I agree, Chris. I've seen the same exact... Um, thing that the VA loans are not, they used to have appraisal issues, used to have paperwork delays, and they were, I, I just had one close in 28 days um, up in Stacy, Minnesota, um, from start to finish, you know, front to back done, and um, which was very impressive in today's market. The benefit, obviously, of VA is that there's no money down out of your pocket, and you can have less than perfect credit scores, and they, they actually look at you as an individual, not just a credit score. So there's benefits there that you're receiving by you know, you can actually have sketchy, I don't say sketchy, but let's say sketchy, let's say mid, middle of the road credit, and you can still get a VA loan. Now, the only caveat to that that I would say to you as a, as a buyer is that um, VA benefits are earned, but they're still what they call a VA funding fee, unless you have what they call disabilities, you know, they, they'll, uh, there's a, they'll assign you a certain amount of, like if you were injured, and they'll like 100% disabled, there's no funding fee. But let's say that you're not disabled at all, but you were in the service for four years and you're, you know, so now you can take advantage of no money down, but they have a funding fee that goes on top of the loan. So what I'm saying is, is that you're taking a loan out and you're not putting any money down. So your, your total sits here. And then on top of that, you're putting a funding fee. You technically, in my opinion, put yourself at a financial disadvantage, at least if you're going to sell your house in the next few years, or if there's no appreciation being experienced, you technically start out with negative equity. No matter what anybody says, you in, with, with that VA loan with no money down and you have to finance the funding fee because you're paying market and the, the VA will allow you on top of the, the market value, they'll allow you to put that funding fee on top. So I, I've seen where several people and then they've refinanced a couple of times and also they've got $25,000 worth of refinancing you know, fees on top of it and they're in a negative equity position because of it. So be very cautious and clear before you sign the dotted line as to where, what's your objective? We're gonna live here for 20 years, perfect product. If you're gonna live there for five years, you might really have to take an evaluation of, do you think the market's gonna go up in that marketplace or that may not be the right tool for you to use. Then I would go back to a conventional, put a little money down, uh, maybe ask the seller to pay the closing costs. 
Do you still pay that funding fee if you put money, if you put like 20% down, or is it only if you go with the zero down option? No, it's, it's based on your, um, your eligibility and, right. you know, also based on, um, you know, you're, if you're a disabled vet as well. Right. So sometimes you don't have, you have zero funding fee if you're hundred percent disabled. Um, but right. the one thing I would say to um, maybe just kind of keep an eye on is uh, the jumbo market right now. It's a, it's a tough market and they're really uh, weird. Um, the underwriters are really weird about it. We had uh, three closings that have been delayed um, because of, uh, because of, jumbo financing and the it's been between 50% and 60% down that much down payment they have 50 and 60% down payment and still hasn't got done yet and I don't know what it is but the rates are very attractive and um, there's just something there's something weird going on the underwriters and, are and Chris that and I don't I don't uh, I, I've got a couple customers but that's that's when you're saying jumbo that's like, I think it's over, what is it, 530 now that's finance or 550? 510's conforming. Okay, so yeah. Over five. Yeah, it was close. So yeah, so there's that. And then, so those, when you talk, they're buying million dollar houses, putting a half a million down and they're still needing 500 and whatever thousand to close. And that's where those jumbos are. Yeah, I've had the same problem. I've closed on a couple bigger new construction builds actually yesterday. And I've never seen a loan officer go to the house three days in a row verifying 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 that things are done and it that market's tight so it's a different it's very different and a lot of times it's self-employed people that do the jumbo financing they're buying the bigger houses you know and they're buying a two million dollar house and want to finance eight hundred thousand they're putting 1.2 million down and they're taken through the absolute ringer and these people could probably afford 10 million dollar homes and it's it's just it's crazy stuff they, but they've always been that way with lending there. It's almost like the banks go, huh, you have money. Why do you want to borrow from us? And then they make, they torture you. Yeah. So a lot of the bigger stuff, people do pay cash. And then after the fact, they go and kind of leverage it and refinance it because they don't want to deal with it. You know, That's is, Chris, and I don't know this for fact, is the purchase market different right now than the actual, uh, in the actual like refi market when it comes to jumbos? You, time, you have time to do that because sometimes you just don't, you know, a closing date is not giving you time. And that's the problem is there, they might, they might want, Hey, I want this year's taxes instead. And Hey, how about another new profit and loss statement? And Hey, you don't, you know, your, your commission income and you don't have all the money in yet. Well, we've got to wait till November. Still silly things like that. Gotcha. Next question, guys. I have a dent in my garage door that isn't too bad. Should I replace it if I am going to sell? To me, that's a depends. Um, it just, I mean, in in not knowing anything else, yes, I would replace it. And and just keep in mind, though, you don't have to replace the whole garage door. Sometimes it's just a panel. And if you can get that panel um, that panel fixed and then just repaint the whole thing, you know, you're you're good. But I, it'd be a rare circumstance, Andy. I don't know for you, but a rare circumstance that I wouldn't suggest it for sure. Whether or not the seller wants to do it is up to them. I had a, I had a customer that had um, the same thing with lacrosse balls hitting their garage door. And they had the, uh, what is it, the paintless uh, dent removal guys for cars come out. And they did a great job straightening out the whole garage door. Wow. What, do you remember what that cost? You know, I think it was like 300 bucks. 
and it was that was them pulling up with their truck and using all their stuff and then the customer repainted but they recommended that you could even bondo it they're like yeah you could bondo some of these holes we can't fix perfectly but they can remember they can get access from the back so they can use tools to agitate things flat versus it's, it's pretty impressive actually they uh it's just uh, on bondo as well a lot of people use that for woodpecker holes and those woodpeckers, oh, interesting. Yeah, they disappear. And I mean, we always, you always, oh, we'll do this and put up the weird little um, uh, voodoo things. So the owls and the, the, all that stuff that you put up, but people put in Bondo and those, those woodpeckers, because they, they're trying to find something. There's something there that they're trying to get in after. And they go in and hit that thing again. They're like, oh no, I'm out of here. And, uh, and they don't come back. It's crazy. But Bondo and then just touched up with paint. Great tip. See all the tips you get when you listen to our show? I was waiting for the ha 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 I'm not that quick. Woody, Woody, Woody Woodpecker so. for you youngins. <laughs> um, that was a good show. Well, question number three. I want to remodel and thinking of taking two bedrooms and making into a nice master suite. Walkout Rambler with three bedrooms and one bath currently on main floor and basement is unfinished. Okay. Um, I think you got to kind of understand what price point you're in. I do think it's, it would, it's important to try to get that master bath. Uh, obviously, it's three bedrooms and one bath. They're all sharing the bathroom on that main floor. But it also depends like what price point you're at and, and, and where it's at. But I think a lot of times, I mean, if you can create another bedroom in that basement, um, I wouldn't be afraid to do the, you know, the two bedrooms into a master suite. I'm not, I'm not uh, it, it really, and you know, the crazy part is um, I've literally, I'm working on about six different proposals right now, all for Ramblers. And it's interesting, I've got young couples they want three bedrooms on one level and they want the babies close. Um, and then I get the retired downsizers that are like, I want an amazing master suite, awesome master bathroom. And I don't really even care if there's even an office on the main floor anymore. And I'm like, you have to, I mean, it's, it's almost mandatory. They're like, no, we're going to finish the basement and put, if anybody comes to visit, they can go downstairs. You know? And it, it, they're true, but I'm like, just remember you might be building that house for you guys, but someday somebody's gonna have to sell this house. And it's nice to have that extra room on the main level. So yeah. What are they? What are most people choosing to do? Well, at least a two-bedroom. I, you know, or or master with an office slash, you know, guest area on the main level, at least two bathrooms on the main level, minimum. Mm -hmm. I I would prefer three. You have a half bath off the garage and then you know a guest bath and then you're a master. But um now you're talking 17, 1800 square feet, not everybody can afford that. So I think I think if you're designing something, you have to you have to be, you don't have to do it, but you have to have some justification for someone that can feel that, hey, I can get three bedrooms out of here somehow, some way, you know? So if you wanted to make just a great entertainment area in the lower level, you know, have it set up that, you know, you know there's windows that could be in a bedroom on each end of that family room and still have a big family room kind of thing. But if you don't want, if you want one bedroom in a house now, you may have a tough time with an appraisal, but just so that you can, you can do something um, later with it. I've got an interesting one, a remodel. Um, kind of looked at it after it kind of got uh, taken apart. I looked at it, it's like, wow, it's wide open. And there's two bedrooms downstairs. One bedroom was gonna be taken out to make a huge uh, family room and then add another bedroom. 
But when it came down to it, that the main level looked so good that kept those two bedrooms and the third bedroom. So now it's a main floor master with three bedrooms downstairs. And it just a, it's just a, a piece that um, will we'll probably, from a real estate perspective, help you out uh, in the future. So, just well, great, great tips and great feedback as always, guys. We're ending three minutes behind schedule, but pretty on time compared to some of our previous shows. <laughs> and those two cartoons look just like us. I know. I love the caricature. Uh, if we had fun with you guys today, we're glad to be here. If you have a topic idea or questions, be sure to submit those to the show. Or if you know of someone that would be a great guest for the show, we definitely want to hear from them. So shoot that over to us. Give us a listen on your podcast provider of choice and send us um, a rating. If you have a chance to send us a rating, we'd love to see that on iTunes or on um, Google Play or listening to us. Have an awesome week. Next week, we'll be here talking about, what is our topic next week? Remodeling trends on homes in the Twin Cities. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.